Retro Rebel Gamecast episode 50 is brought to you by TempleofGeek.com, your one-stop shop for all things geek. You can find all of our episodes and fulfill your sci-fi, fantasy, and geek culture-related needs at TempleofGeek.com. Welcome to the Retro Rebel Gamecast, where we discuss gaming and related topics for you, the listeners. Retro Rebel is released every Thursday, and you can find this episode and much more by heading to templeofgeek.com or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. You can even find us on Facebook, at Temple of Geek, for exclusive content and to see what else we're up to. My name is Stacy, and with me is my fellow Rebel co-host, Amanda. Drinking tea. What's up? I mean, that's what you do when you live in England. It is. That's on the most lovely thing you can Easter do. weekend. Seriously, <laughs> the most English thing you could possibly do. <laughs> I could have some scones with this, but that, you know. that is true. But I mean, it's Earl Grey tea. I mean, that is as English mm. as it gets. It's Earl Grey, hot, <laughs> <laughs> and it's got milk in it. Mm-hmm. It actually sounds yep. fantastic, but it's very delicious. Yeah. Ten out of ten, recommend Earl ten Grey. Out of ten. Well, I'm drinking <laughs> coffee, and uh, that is our version of what you do. And um, I had some coffee earlier. I had a latte. Don't worry. Okay. <laughs> You've checked in all the boxes, covered your bases, getting all of your various I love caffeine. caffeine. Yeah, exactly. Well, I'm just cutting to the chase and getting my caffeine from the real deal. So, <laughs> so what's been going on? What have you been playing? Uh, I've just been playing Hearthstone this week, if I'm honest. Uh, they've, yeah, they've, um, done a new feature where if you complete a daily quest to celebrate their, like, new year, um, you get a pack with every daily quest that you complete. So I've just been clearing my board on daily quests every day in order to get more packs. I've gotten, I want to say, like, maybe six packs so far because I've been doing it for two days. So, wow. Two or three days. Um, but yeah, 10 out of 10 recommend if you play Hearthstone right now, now is the time to do it. Um, and uh, they were given two packs for Tavern Brawl this week. So your first win, you got two packs on that plus one pack for every daily quest. So that's like five you could get in one day if you had quests like lined up. And some of my quests were like half completed. So it didn't even take that long as well. (laughs) (laughs) That's always nice. I'm. I have not been playing, but I think I. I shelved it for a bit because I had a deck that was really good and really powerful, and I don't know what happened to the meta. But now my, my deck does not. I'm getting smoked, and I don't want to make a new one. And anyway, yes, because they changed everything. Uh, this last update, where I don't think it was the one where they did. Maybe it's two updates ago, where instead of getting to level 20, to get your your chest with your card back and everything. Now you had to win five ranked play games, and I think that's that may be the same change. I'm not sure, but in yeah, doing that, I think it's easier though. It's easier oh, for it's me. Oh, it's way easier. It's way easier now. But now at level 22 or level 20, you know, three, 21, I've got people who are still that level that are used to be 16, 17, 13, 14. You know, they were a lot higher, and I remember seeing them. But uh, because they're still pretty good, and even if you're level 22 and above, uh, you're, you have a lot of people up there that are still pretty good. So 
I'm going to have to retool it. I'm going to have to go back to drawing board. And they're about to be, uh, you know, once they release this new expansion, uh, the Witchwood, it's an, it's going to be a new year. I think it's the year of the Raven. And so I'm going to have to redo it all anyway because the meta is going to completely change. But. I mean, I have like 16 decks. I don't, I don't know how you only function with one deck. Like I have a deck customized for every single I kind of do. I just don't play them. I just don't like them. You know, I don't like playing with anybody but the mage. And that's just me. Really? Uh, yeah. Oh, man. I know. I don't have any preference whatsoever. Like, I find when I jump from... I get bored if I have to play the same one too much in a right. row. I like yeah. to, like, jump around and play other ones. So, like, usually I look to see how close one of them is to leveling, and that's just the one that I pick. <laughs> well, my mage is maxed um, in, level-wise, but... What's maxed? Yeah, it's like uh, level 50 or 60. I can't remember. Oh, my God. And um, and so I guess I just I like take it as a personal challenge to try to win with decks and playing cards that I like. It's like I'm not trying to play the meta. I just kind of like, oh, I really like this card. How can I get this card into a deck that will win? <laughs> and right. so I'll build around a couple of cards that I really like, and I'll do some research to see if there are any decks out there right now that that are good uh, with that card. Oh, my God, you're doing research. I mean, I just log in and I just I have know. a go. And you man. probably do way better, too. And uh, I'm, like, doing all this research and just fumbling. But it's fun. I like it. Play, I, log in, I haven't do done quest. much PvE. That's the problem. Okay. I'm really behind on PvE because most of the quests don't count for this, and I don't play if I don't have quests. Right. Right. You know well, what I that mean? That makes sense. That makes sense. Um, well, good. So you've been getting your your free packs. Um, yeah. Playing Hearthstone. Uh, I actually the other day, and this is what I've been playing recently. Anyway, the other day I bought a game that came out. I believe it came out last year, and it was critically received well, critically, um, and it's a lot of fun. And it's a lot of fun with more people. So I played it mostly by myself. Uh, and that's called, and that's the game called Overcooked. Have you seen it? Seen anything about no. it? No. Okay. No. Overcooked is a game where you uh, basically, you, that, I mean, it's the, it, it's implied in the name. You uh, you're a chef, and the premise of the game is is simple. But I mean, I, if it needed a plot, I don't know. Doesn't really need a plot. There's a monster, I think, and it's the end of the world, and you have to learn to cook. To satiate the monster. Um, no, I've not heard of this. Okay, well, basically, you can play up to four people, and the four of you are kind of in a kitchen-esque area, and there are orders that pop up, and so you have to figure out. You have to go over and pick up your ingredients, bring them back over, bring them back over and, and chop them up, and then take them from there and put them in the pot to be cooked. Take them from there, put them on the plate. Now that sounds kind of mundane. It's like you got a lot of tasks to do, but everything's timed, and it's if you get in a routine, then it's a lot better. You know, it's it's and it's it just it is just a lot of fun, and I am terrible at it, just terrible. Um, I didn't. <laughs> I got to this uh, level one, one one was pretty easy. Level one one because basically you just have to cut onions and cut tomatoes, put them in a pot, let it cook. Take a plate over there to it, it and and 
then take the plate out to to be given to whoever wanted the the tomato onion soup. Well, I fulfilled like three orders, and that was enough to get three stars and go to the next level. Well, the next level, people either want onion soup, tomato soup, one or the other, and then so you have to make one of each, and you've got two cooks, and you have to switch between them to do it fast enough. And uh, anyway, it's it, it's it's on the Switch. It's also on any other most of the other handheld gaming devices. So I think. No, that uh, sounds stressful, Pat. <laughs> it is kind of stressful, but it's it's fun. It was fun to me anyway. I enjoyed it. We're gonna play it some more. It's a it's a it's a good game for groups to play because couch co-op. All four of you can be there working, cooperating, trying to get the, the orders done. And so I imagine it can also end friendships if you're not fast enough. It sounds like a day at the office, man. Seriously. <laughs> well, it's you, all part of blockchain. That's the. It's like a disguise. It's all blockchain now. So kind of, yes. Well, I mean, it's like <laughs> it's kind of like Sims or Second Life, where you can just be yourself in a different place, doing all the things you would do in real life for pretend. You know. So. That's crazy. It is also, crazy. I looked for you to see what level my characters were in Hearthstone. And the lowest is 17, and the highest is 33. But they're all between that. Oh, range. okay. I've got a, I've got most of my characters. I think are levels 15 to 20, uh, except for my mage. Like I said, because I play the mage all the time. So, and I've, you know, once you win 500 matches with one character, that's when you get like the special uh, avatar that's kind of animated. Yeah. So. Um, I don't I, know how close I am, but I feel like really far away from that <laughs> you may be <laughs> oh that was funny and funnier than it should have been <laughs> well anyway so gaming news you said that uh there was some big news with vr which i'm i just wanted to go on record a second time to say i don't get it i don't see i don't see vr being big ever anyway well uh, PlayStation lowered their price last week, um, end of March, on the PlayStation VR headset um, bundle. It, so in the UK, it was like 249 pounds, I think, to start with. Um, they've lowered it by 100 quid, uh, which is you know quite a bit of money. However, um, Daniel looked the other day to see what the price was in the U.S. and it's still like a hundred dollars cheaper in the U.S. than it is here. Like we always get screwed on the price of tech items. Yeah, it's really brutal. Um, but considering it started out at like three hundred and forty-nine pounds, and now it's one. I wonder. Like, at, at what point would you give it a punt? So, like, because I think for me, if I had a PlayStation, I don't. But let's say I did. If it was under a hundred quid, I'd probably give it a. I'd probably give it a punt. Yeah. Yeah, I'd probably do it. Uh, two hundred is still too high, I think. But if it was under a hundred, yeah, I'd get it. I got the Connect, you know, for less than that. Um, but I got it used and I would probably like look to get it used as well. I imagine if it was selling like new at 99 bucks, you could get it used for like 35, 40 bucks and I'd pick it right up for that. Um, just to see what the games are like and stuff. So at what, I know you're not about VR, but at what price point would you give it a shot? That's a good question. 
I would say that that's in the ballpark for me. What, what you know, the price you listed. You, you said a hundred pounds or a hundred dollars, because that's what. Well, if it was a hundred dollars, you know, for me, you know, I live over here, so a hundred dollars is roughly a hundred dollars. You know uh, what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. As far as how much things you can get with it, it's roughly the same. It's just a pound is worth more when right, you go right. over to the U.S. You know, but yeah. to over here. It's, it's so a hundred for worth. you is maybe is it is it worth is it a one and a half to one? Um, right now it's uh one pound is one dollar and forty cents. So close to one and a half. So mm-hmm. yeah. So I mean, one hundred and fifty bucks for us or so. And yeah, that's getting close. I could buy if it was under a hundred. I would buy it <coughs> used. Um, yeah. But I still don't know that many games that I want to play. Like I haven't. The only game that I really want to play on VR would be, in terms, well, from PlayStation or Xbox, is Resident Evil 7. That's kind of the only game. Anyway. I, don't, I don't know a single game. I'd just take a punt. Right. Why not? Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it might be. I mean, I, I do want to do it just because I think it would be a good experience, an interesting experience. It's just the price is still pretty high for me. Um, yeah, I think so. Well, maybe by the end of this year, maybe they'll be affordable. But yeah. that's what I got for news. That's uh, it's it's recent. It's timely. It's relevant. It's something to think <laughs> about. Like if they're listening, hey, drop it new down to a hundred quid. I'll pick one up. You know. If you want to go buy it, if you're in England, definitely. Um, well, my news uh, because I'm a fanboy is from Blizzard again. Um, Blizzard has mm-hmm. a relatively timely. Um, sale or not it's not even a sale basically uh it's the 20th anniversary of starcraft this year so starcraft 20th anniversary if you've played any of the real-time strategy games starcraft blew up in the early uh late 90s early 2000s um it is kind of the first e esport game uh to my knowledge that was widely played uh worldwide and uh so this year so this year in commemoration of this and in celebration of their 20th anniversary each of their games has some giveaways some gifts so starcraft uh if you log into starcraft uh the the original game you actually get uh, a new ui skin for um for your well basically it's just your your whole user user interface has changed so you get a new user interface starcraft 2 gives you uh, UI skin uh, for each race, so you get a new UI skin for each race. Diablo 3, they give you a pet uh, for logging in. So Overwatch has something. All of them have. Uh, I think Overwatch gives you a new skin for one of the players. I think I think um, uh, Widowmaker, if you play Overwatch and you know Widowmaker, I think is the one of the snipers. She gets a... Uh, ghost skin so Kerrigan ghost if you know that you know Kerrigan who turns into the Zerg queen ends up uh, you know before she did that she was actually a ghost character and uh, so you get a you get a skin for that so anyway all of them actually give you something World of Warcraft Heroes of the Storm uh, Hearthstone um, you get free packs in Hearthstone so you know if you play a tavern brawl so I think that's what you have to do in, in Hearthstone. So play Tavern Brawl, get some new packs, and that's all for this 20th anniversary of of uh, StarCraft, which, again, people are still playing and still competing. I can't believe that. It's crazy. Yeah. 
still still playing still playing 2018 i know absolutely Um, year argument (laughs) and uh, yeah 20 years old and they're still playing the game both of them but uh well, that brings us to our main topic of the day, which is last time we discussed gaming do's and don'ts when you're starting out. So in your early, te- your teens and 20s, like what to do and what not to do. Today we're going to finish it up by uh, wrapping up this topic with gaming do's and don'ts in your 30s and beyond. So, yeah, I know. Makes us... I mean, you're the only one that can talk about the beyond part. Well, <laughs> it's, it's true. I wouldn't. We, I wasn't gonna. Was, <laughs> oh no! I'm just gonna throw you right just throwing it out there. Yeah, I'm just I'm, out I'm the gate. The Absolutely, I understand. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. And that's true. And it's I am right. the resident expert uh, at beyond the seasoned perspective yeah, holder. Exactly. So, what are some do's and don'ts for gaming in your 30s and beyond? Uh, well, let's start with the don'ts so we can end on a positive. Very good. Compliment um, sandwich. Yes, we love a compliment sandwich. Uh, so I would say some don'ts are don't feel like you have to buy every game. Um, you know, it it's okay to not play something at release. Uh, you know, if you want to wait and play it when it's you right. um, skip that franchise altogether. You know, I used to uh, get every Call of Duty when it came out, but now I realize I'm not really all about it. Um, so I just skip that franchise. And if I have a chance to go back and play it when it's on sale or really cheap or, you know, just comes in my rental list, I'll play it. But I'm not part of any of the release hype and stuff like that. So I would say don't feel like you have to play every franchise. Like it's okay to be specific and and go after specific ones. Um, The second don't that I would say is don't feel like you need to pay full price for things. Like Mm -hmm. there are loads of options. I rent all of my games. I don't, you know, I very rarely buy things. In fact, I've only purchased the games for my three most favorite franchises in the last three years. Right. Um, and, you know, that's because I, you know, I love that franchise. I want to play it on launch day and that's it. Um, but I, I haven't purchased any other games in that long. And I just feel like it's a better use of money because, in my opinion, 90% of the time you'll play something once and then you're never going to play it again. So it's just taking up space um, on your hard drive, in your house, whatever, and then you paid a premium for that. So, you know, don't don't feel like you have to buy games new or buy them at all. Like, renting is an option. I don't know why it isn't very popular, but I feel like, at least for me, the amount of time that I have to play – um, it makes more financial sense. Right. And then the last don't that I would say is um, don't feel like you need to get all of the achievements. <laughs> um, you know, I, I struggle with this as well. I want to do completionists and stuff like that. I'll finish a game and I'll look and maybe I'll have like three achievements that I still need to get and I could get full completionists. But I'm also bored of the experience. Yeah, yeah. You 
recently beat Wolfenstein, um, the new Colossus to mm-hmm. Wolfenstein to Colossus. Yeah. And, you know, normally in most games, I would have done a full completionist. So I would have done all the side quests on the submarine. I would have done all of the assassination quests and stuff. like. I would have done it all. But what I noticed was when I was playing this game, it felt like they didn't know how to make an RPG. Right. But they were trying to make one. Yeah. And it wasn't very well executed. And I felt like aside from the main storyline, the like dialogue and cutscenes and background with the other content just wasn't there. Yeah. And so I just felt like it felt like it was like filler content. And I actually skipped it altogether. I did one assassination mission on the that wasn't the main storyline realized that it was just like filler content and then i just completed the game and i put it back in its case and returned it because (laughs) um, yeah so i would i would say you know don't feel like you need to um completionist a game if you feel like it the experience doesn't warrant your time um it doesn't mean i didn't enjoy stuff like that it just I didn't feel like I needed to do the parts that felt rushed. Like right. I feel like they didn't put effort into that side of the game. It's like they were trying to make an RPG. They, they didn't know what they were doing. Um, whereas Skyrim or the Witcher or whatever, I, I'm pretty fu- much full completionist. I've done every available quest. Um, yeah. uh, I, I mean, I've gotten every achievement because some achievements are very specific, um, but I've done every single quest, which to me is, you know, completionist. Um, and I enjoyed it because I feel like with those games, every quest had effort put into it and was yeah. like an interesting and engaging part of the game. Um, so that, that would be my three don'ts. Um, you know, don't feel like you need to pay full price for every single big launch that comes out, especially if you're not a part of the like fandom, you know, um, it, it, don't, don't get sucked into those fandoms investigate other options to make, you know, your, your money go further so that you can focus on, you know, what you love and you're investing time into what you love. And then don't feel like you have to go full completionist. You know, if you're not, if you, if they didn't put the effort in, why should you put the effort in? So those are my two. <laughs> um, I think that's a good, I mean, that's a good list. And that really, you took all mine. So that's the show. Thanks for listening. <laughs> um, no, I, I agree with you. I think that's that's a those are good general rules to go by, especially as you get older and you're and maybe you are buying your own games at this point. You're trying to figure out what you like and what you don't like, um, or you may still be trying to do that. And and on that note, I think that one of the things that you should think about, or maybe try not to do necessarily, is try not to keep up with you know maybe even what you or were used to or what everybody else is doing. And what I mean by that is, you know, as you get older, your time is valuable and it becomes, you get stretched and you fill things out and you have families and things like that. And so finding time to game is is much more difficult. Choosing the appropriate game for the time that you have, you know, you you don't want to waste time. I'm sure that's, that's kind of something that you maybe even have run into with renting games and finding a game that you thought you wanted to play. You don't have a whole lot of time. You you put it in and you download it or whatever and it's not the experience that you thought it would be and so that's but that's time wasted however you rented it so it's also not money wasted you know or as much so um i think this happens a lot with people who 
uh, especially early on, if whatever the new game is or the new hotness, everybody's playing. And to be a part of that, I guess I'm saying I'm cautioning anybody against that in your 30s and, as, and beyond to not worry about that. As, as you said, don't worry about buying things new or paying full price. Uh, get it used. Um, take your time. Don't worry about you know what everybody else necessarily is doing. Play what you want to play when you want to play it, I guess. Um, just because it's it's not worth it. Your time is valuable, and there is no pressure. Now, and, and a lot of people won't necessarily feel this way, but I know I did for a long time. Feel like I needed to play the new game. If it was good and everybody else said it was good, then I wanted to play it. Well, I didn't necessarily need to spend full price on that game. I could have waited a few months and actually gotten it for much cheaper. And then still found out that I didn't like it. Kind of like... Kind of like uh, Assassin's Creed Origins, which I have, and I did put it in my, you know, best games uh, list last year, and upon further review, I regret that choice. It's just, it's it's a good game, but it's 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 just too much. It's like I really enjoy The Witcher, and I'd continue to play that one. This game is like The Witcher in that it's open world to a certain extent. There are a lot of side quests. It's it's just huge. But I don't enjoy the story. I don't enjoy anything else about it. It's just big. You know, it's big and really, really pretty. And that's just not enough, you know. Especially for how much that game costs with everything else and all the peripherals. So, yeah, just don't worry about keeping up with everybody else. Play the games you want to play when you want to play them. And, and don't pay full price like she said uh, I also think you should not necessarily stick to your comfort zone I think you should get outside of your comfort zone in terms of gaming and, and try new genres and I know that seems counterintuitive with what I just said in playing things that you do like but what I mean by that is your time is valuable and such as the game that I listed earlier with Overcooked probably not a game I would have normally chosen but because I have limited time, and this is a game that I can pick up, it's not quite as deep, but mechanically it's it's sound, it's a really fun game, and it's a game that my whole family can play together. And so with that, getting outside of your comfort zone, trying genres maybe that you weren't, you didn't think you'd like or you, you've never really played before, uh, because I think that you're, depending on your time, depending on how much... Um, you know, time you can actually dedicate to, to gaming, you may have to choose different games to play. Uh, you know, games that you... And find out that there are some games that you really enjoy that are in different genres. Um, that just are smaller. They're more bite-sized. You can, you can you know, uh, accomplish a lot more in a smaller period of time. Whereas before, you might be able to sit behind a 300-hour Skyrim. Well, I can't do that anymore. You know, I just... I just don't have the time to do that necessarily. So, but what are some do's? What are some other do's for you? Do get, so ending it on a good note. Yeah. So I think the first do would be do free yourself from the guilt of microtransactions. <laughs> and what I mean by that is like, I feel like because microtransactions have a very negative perception you will agonize or feel guilty if you buy them. I know I do. Right. However, 
I've been trying to look at things more strategically. And the fact of the matter is the older you get, the less time you have to play. And if you want to experience the content, more content faster, you want to pay to win. If you want to do that, it is your time and money. And I feel like the stigma of it kind of, you need to free yourself from that because the reality of it is, You need to do that cost benefit analysis and say, would I have more fun grinding this out for the next six hours or would I rather just have it? And I think when you're an adult that's that's cash rich and time poor, maybe it's worth the two dollars and 50 cents to just get the thing so you can enjoy yourself. Like, (laughs) so I would say, like, just free yourself from the guilt of that. Yeah. If you want to have a cool costume and that's going to make you enjoy the game for more, buy it. Yeah. Yeah. You're not 18. You're not 20. Like you're not cash poor. Hopefully, like it. It should be the cost of a cup of coffee. Like stop agonizing over it. You're gonna get more fun than you would a cup of coffee. So uh, I would say just just free yourself from that that guilt that somehow you're supporting microtransactions or whatever because they are not going away. So <laughs> just embrace it. Allow embrace them to overlord. propel you. In, uh, allow them thing more enjoyable i would also say um do stop when the fun stops i think if you've got it in your head that you have an hour to play um and you waited six hours for this game to download it's been installing you've got all your stuff <laughs> ready you know you got you what you know you're ready to start gaming and you load up a game and it sucks the <laughs> Because you went through so much preparation to get to that point, you're like, oh, well, I'll just play it till the end of the hour and whatever. Don't stop doing that. Like, there's literally no you could be doing anything else that you actually enjoy right then. Like, stop doing that. If you don't enjoy it, take it back. Um, So so when when you're when the fun stops, stop. Um, Which gambling slogan here in the uk but i think it you know i think it holds when the fun stops stop if you're not enjoying it just like destiny yeah it's a beautiful game i it, it looks gorgeous or whatever i got through two missions and it just wasn't fun and so i, I put it okay. in the packet yeah it, yeah and and i sent it back i had fun for like two missions and then i stopped having fun it doesn't mean that i didn't have a good time while i was enjoying myself i just stopped when it wasn't fun anymore so i would say uh number two do allow yourself to stop playing if you're not having fun. You know, the, yeah. you're allowed to stop. And then the last one would be, do keep your money in your pocket. So if you bought a game and you do not enjoy it, decide during the window where you can return it. Yeah? <laughs> Don't let people keep your wallet, like, keep money out of your pocket for an experience you didn't enjoy just because you're too lazy to go back to the store to return it or, or you feel some sense of obligation to, yeah you there free yourself from that sense of obligation if they didn't make an experience you like they don't deserve your money so with any game if you buy it on steam within the two hour window return it don't keep things in your life that don't make you happy they're just going to take up space you're not enjoying yourself don't let them keep your money don't keep it in your life that's just like rules to live by. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> the way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So 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 do 
feel comfortable to return a game as long as you're like allowed to in the window, whatever, like digital purchases get a little bit more challenging, but there is a way to do it. You can call Xbox. Like I call them all the time. Like they were <laughs> charging me for like, um, they were charging me for my account when the functionality existed for you to share your gold with the, the, the whole console. And I made yeah. them refund me the whole thing, all of it. I'm sorry. You don't keep my money when there was a feature that let that be free. Like, right, right. right. <laughs> and you just didn't tell me about it. And you were just like, Oh, I'm going to keep that 15 bucks a month. Like, I'm just going to have yeah. that. <laughs> like, no. So, you know, do, do stand up for yourself and your wallet. If you didn't enjoy it or you're getting your overcharged or whatever, or you're not going to play the game, return it, get your money back, spend it on something that's worth spending your money on. So those are my three do's. Do spend money on microtransactions if it's going to make you enjoy the game more. Do it. Yeah, don't feel guilty. Um, and do stop playing when you're not having fun. It doesn't matter whether you use that whole one-hour window or whatever window of time that you set. Just stop if you're not having fun. And then do put that money back in your pocket. Don't let people keep it just because you're too lazy to go back to the store and return it. Don't just let them keep it. Yeah, don't let them keep your money. Don't let them keep your money. So what are, what are, what are your uh, duties? Well, I don't know that I have three, but I know that I have one major one, and it may branch off as I think about it. But uh, the, yes. the major one for me do is look at games as entertainment, just like anything else. So if you were to break down the cost benefit uh, you know, of it, and this is the, the major, cost benefit analysis. The, this is the, the adult <laughs> thing to do in your 30s and beyond is <laughs> your... You're trying to look at this as, as a, what's the cost benefit? So how much how much does this experience cost? How much how can I break that down over time and and just figure out well how much enjoyment how much entertainment I might get for this for the price? So if you were to take a full price game which is sixty dollars here in the here in the states versus let's say going to a movie and watching watching a movie at the theater. So average ticket price, if you go after 6 p.m., is about 15 bucks, you know, for a movie. So you're going to you're going to a movie for 15 bucks. It's going to last somewhere around two hours, and that's it. You don't get to take it home with you. You don't get to rewatch it. There are no special features. There's nothing else. So if you wanted to have own that experience, then that's about you know, if you buy it when it's released on Blu-ray, if you get it digitally or whatever, it's usually about 25 bucks. So you get it for about 25 bucks. You can wait longer and get it for cheaper. Nonetheless, that experience is still static. You're going to get it. It doesn't change. You have no agency over it. But if that's something you're interested in, then you can think of how many hours I'm going to get to enjoy this and break it down with how much money you paid for it. In, in terms of gaming, most games, even the $60 games, are going to last long enough that whether you went out to eat, whether you had drinks with friends, whatever it may be, it would cost you more to do any of those things than it did to buy one game. You know, And that game, if it was an 8-hour experience, if it was a 12-hour experience, if it's got side quests and, and you know, if you're a completionist and it takes 300 hours, well, then it was pennies on the dollar in terms of entertainment you know, and how much you invested in something for your time and for something that you enjoy. So if you look at it from that perspective... And you break it down with how much it costs versus how much time I'm going to get to spend enjoying this um, experience. Games are a relatively inexpensive medium for entertainment. 
not only that, but like you said with the tra- microtransactions, is not to necessarily be afraid of them. I don't think you should necessarily be afraid of things that have a monthly subscription. Uh, you know, because the same thing, uh, you know, with my Warcraft, I've been playing since vanilla, since the very beginning, November 2004. Yee. Um, and yes, Blizzard, you have a lot of my money. Um, but for $15 a month to be able to play at any time I want, as long as I want, there there aren't really any microtransactions that I could spend money on that actually help me in the game. It's all cosmetic. So there is, there's no other investment that I need to outside of my time. And if I enjoy it, and if I enjoy what I'm doing, and I like being in that world, then $15 is a small price to pay for 30, 30 days worth of entertainment. It's um, the same price as Netflix, no? Yeah, Netflix, I think, went up uh, went up to 12 bucks or something like that. Yeah. Um, so, like, roughly the same price for the same amount of access to entertainment. So, absolutely. if you're willing to pay for Netflix, I think it's totally reasonable if you want to pay for an MMO and you want to do that. Like, Yeah. And there are other, you know, um, there are other draws to MMOs and things like that, especially the social aspect to it, um, which I'm not in a guild anymore. But, I mean, if you are, that's another thing that you can get. You can you can kind of kill two or three or four birds with one stone in a, in an experience like that. You know, I think Fortnite is a similar one where even though it's a little bit more shallow in terms of gameplay, um, there's a there's a huge community. Uh, there are microtransactions in it, but other other than that, the battle royale is free. And so games like that, I think, especially if you enjoyed, I know I know a lot of adults that have gotten into playing games specifically Fortnite. Because it is free, and so the entry point is still pretty low for you know for people uh, that are just kind of getting into it. So I, I'd say broaden your horizons, uh, you know, get outside of your comfort zone, but also look at games as entertainment and kind of look at the cost benefit of how much it costs versus how much t- enjoyment you're going to get out of it, and not to worry about too much uh, about the price necessarily if you really are going to enjoy that experience. I think we solved all of your problems. Everyone yes, sorted. Of You'll now be a productive <laughs> member of adult society. Exactly. And you can game. So congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> well, we want to end this episode with an, a five-part, five-part, not 50, Amanda, but five-part okay. series of games that define us. And so instead of what we used to do with our featured favorites, which are games that we really enjoyed, games that weren't necessarily critically uh, well-received, but games that we really enjoyed. These are games that, if I had to pick a list of games that tell you something about who I am as a person, you know, explain. they may not explain everything, which is probably impossible, but if, if I were to tell you these games, they tell you a little bit about me, something about my experience in gaming, something about who I am as a person. Uh, and and uh, so they're a little bit more special in that respect, in that these may not even be good games to most people but to you they say something and they say something about who you are so one of these games is um that i want to i just want to list one at a time we're going to do this in a five-part series so for the next five episodes we'll kind of list these out for you but for you amanda what is one game that that defines who you are as a person that that kind of says something about you uh, well, I guess I'll start off with the most obvious one, and that would be when given the choice to play a hero <laughs> or a villain, 
<laughs> I played City of Villains. <laughs> nice. Um, I think that does say. Okay, I'm interested in this. Tell me, tell me more. Yeah. Well, I obviously the MMORPG City of Heroes, City of Villains, God rest its soul, no longer online. Um, it, it. I originally played as a hero. I was like quite casual because there was no villain option. But when the villain expansion came out, I decided that I was going to run a sort of honor among thieves guild. So like we were called the dark mafia. I am dark. (laughs) (laughs) And um, basically we had like a code of ethics. We had a uniform that we all wore. Uh, You know, we had, we had rules, we had a charter, um, but we were still playing the villain side of the game. Um, which I don't know what that says about me, but I don't know why I felt like I couldn't do that when City of Heroes, like when I played the hero side, I, you know, the villain <laughs> side came out and I was like, you got me. Like, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, I just spent a long time wanting to be, you know, the honorable swashbuckling scally. <laughs> I got. You know, the lovable rogue. Is uh is what I played, and I so I tend to play anti-heroes when given okay. a choice. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So yeah, no, it was good. But it, if if I was gonna say any one game defined me, I think that would be number one. It's the game I spent the most time playing as well. So so it was when I played that for uh, villains. I was. But, you know, City of Heroes, City of Villains were, like, the same game. It just depended what character you created, which side of it you were in. I remember it being released, and, and I mean, we talked about this game on multiple times on the show. Mm -hmm. Uh, I remember it being released. I remember, I don't know why I never got into it or never tried it, because it's right up my alley in terms of games that I would have been interested in. Um, And I think that kind of leads well into my game or my first game in this. Um, and again, these are games that we kind of listed in featured favorites, but I think we're getting a little bit more into exactly why these games from a different perspective, why these games mattered to us specifically, you know, because they said something a little bit more about who we are. And, and, and that's something that you can get from very few different types of entertainment mediums, you know, uh, reading a book, uh, you know, and again, we've talked about this too, reading a book or watching a movie, you only have so much agency over whatever's happening. You know, you kind of get in the shoes of the character and you see what's going on. But in gaming and MMOs and RPGs, you actually are making the choices. You know, you actually get to, to choose whether or not you do this, that, or the other. And how your character looks, all of these things are things that you actually control. And so it's just a richer experience. I think it's a, a, maybe even a more impactful experience in that respect. Um, if you really enjoy that stuff. And so for me, uh, City of Villains makes a lot of sense. For me, um, I had a similar similar experience, and I think it says a little bit about me with Knights of the Old Republic. Um, of all the MMOs, of all the MMOs that I've played, and all of the RPGs that I've played, Knights of the Old Republic does two things for me that the other ones just didn't. One, it's Star Wars. So it's Star Wars, one of my favorite things, one of my favorite genres of any kind of entertainment ever for anything <laughs> i just really i just really like star wars know everything about it but what no it mandalorian you, exactly yes yeah exactly it for one of the things it gave you though was an opportunity to 
create a character in this rich world which was disconnected from any of the biases you might have had from the original trilogy, from any of the, the prequels, anything. I mean, you're not connected to anything. You have a clean slate. All you have is Jedis, Siths, and the basic world to kind of play. So it's a sandbox. You can do whatever you want. Why I really found this game uh, to... to be so impactful for me is because or, or what what it says about me is I only played it one way ever and I've played through it many times I still only play it one way I am always 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 dark I am always so I'm, I'm I would say a grayish Jedi leaning towards the Sith all the time never I mean I'm some variation of that. I might make a couple different changes. I play it as if I would, what I would do. You know, so if it's a super evil choice, I don't usually make that choice. But every choice that I usually made, made me a Sith. And I also never played with a lightsaber. So I, I would have a lightsaber. I had uh, Revan's lightsaber. I had Revan's armor. And the way that I would build my character would be in a manner that I didn't actually need a lightsaber. Oh, right. And so all of my all of my skills were were high enough, all my force powers were high enough. I didn't ever have to use a lightsaber, so you know, I could just go into a room and dominate. I could control people's minds, I could make them do what I wanted them to do. <laughs> it was you were as close to some sort of god mode as possible. It was the the end of the game was just super easy by the by that time. <laughs> I, I just sat in the middle of the room when you're fighting Malik. I just sat in the middle of the room, and there are people. You know, I don't know if you remember the end of that game, but there are people that are kind of strung up that just, you can save them, uh, or you can do what I did, which is drain their life, which gets get, raises your health. And so I would just hit him with lightning, drain their health, hit them with lightning, hit him with lightning, drain their health until I just sat there the whole time. That's a shame. I know. I, I should have been. I only ever played it once, but I remember I found the purple lightsabers crystal and it was all over from there. I was the happiest <laughs> little Jedi ever. Yes. I just wanted the purple lightsaber. Absolutely. And I think you could have a dual bladed lightsaber, couldn't you? A purple dual bladed? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. But see, I didn't. I had one. I just never had to equip it because I didn't need it. Never even used it. Um, but since you were evil, I never played evil. I was always good. Which is funny because you play the antihero in City of Villains with my character. And, and but this this kind of fed into other games. So like even from that point forward in Mass Effect and everything else, I played a very very similar character. I was very rarely Paragon in Mass Effect. I was renegade. No, I'm always middle of the road. I'm never was, I'm like middle of the road. I never get any bonuses. <laughs> see, that was the problem with I had to be a little bit I had to go outside of my comfort zone on some because there's I think and I mentioned this on a previous episode that you have to be a certain level of Sith to get into like the Dark Force cave. There's a cave to get into that if you're not dark enough or if you're not light enough, you can't get in there. And so I had I was pretty gray. I was kind of right in the middle, and so I couldn't get in there. And I had to make some other choices that I wouldn't have probably made, just because I was too far that way. And I had to do it just to get into that cave. So that was a flaw in that game. But it it kind of fit into any other game I played. So with Mass Effect, 
in Mass Effect 2, my face was all cracked. It was just straight cracked, and I was renegade, and any chance that I got to, you know, kick a character off a ledge or shoot him in the face because... (laughs) Well, I was a specter, and he had it coming. So... (laughs) Basically, that, but I but that was the character that I played, and so it kind of fit into that. And I've almost exclusively played a very similar dark gray area, leaning towards renegade or Sith or whatever else. Uh, in in every MMO that I've or, or RPG that I've been able to play, uh, and so but Kotor was the first one, and that was kind of where it started. And I think it. I think it does say a little thing, a little bit about what your personality is like, <laughs> depending on how you choose to represent yourself in a game, um, for better or worse. And that's out there, and I'll never be president. So. <laughs> oh man, I, I'm sure this is not the only thing standing between you and the presidency. <laughs> well, this and maybe one other thing. Just it is maybe. the internet, after all. We are this, internet people. This is true. <laughs> Oh, well, very good, very good. So that's one of our games that define us. We'll do that in a five-part series. But that wraps up this episode of Retro Rebel Gamecast. I want to thank Amanda for this week's discussion. All the notes from this episode will be posted on our site, templateweeks.com. If you'd like to add to the discussion or just reach out with questions, sound off in the comments or email us at retrorebel at templateweeks.com. If you like what you hear, tell your friends and tell your family. Head over to iTunes or wherever you download your podcast and subscribe so you'll be sure to get each episode as it's released and rate us because that actually really helps our show until the next time see you later